Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Laura. And you're listening to the Planetarian Life Podcast. Each week, we meet here to share our passion for plant-forward cooking, our concerns about climate change and the earth, and discuss how together we can align our daily actions with our hopes for the future. Being a planetarian is fun, delicious, and soul-satisfying, and we're here to keep you inspired. So today, we're actually not talking about food. We're talking about investing. And this is not something I know a whole lot about, but we have Alejandro Fritz from Flit Investment uh, here to talk with us today. And Flit is an automated impact investing app that aligns your investments with your values. And what I love about that is that's basically what we say to do with Planetarian Life. Align your daily actions with your hopes for the future and how you want the world to be. And this is, even though investing isn't something that I do, well, we do as a family, but I don't really do it. Um, this is a big way that we can all have an impact. Where our money is stored, what we invest in, where we put our money, it makes a huge difference. Um, and so Flit is a great way for all of us to begin impact investing. And Alejandro, welcome to Planetarian Life and tell us about Flit. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Flit Invest was started uh, two years ago and funnily enough, uh, it came through a childhood friendship uh, from someone that I knew in elementary school. He was a good friend of mine who we stayed in touch with after leaving. I grew up, I was born and raised in Hungary and uh, came to the U.S. to study uh, for college and end up sticking around while my friend ended up studying in Switzerland and went on to do a career in finance in the U.K. And we reconnected a few years back and started always talking about things that more we, we really started out by discussing issues that affected both of us, also our significant others, people around us. And one of them that continuously came up was the intersection between investing and sustainability. Mm-hmm. Both of us have seen in our personal professions, personally as a financial advisor, himself as, a, as an advisor to larger institutions, that wealthy people and institutions already had the ability to match these two notions together, sustainability and investing, but the average person did not have access. And this was really true on a global scale. Since then, there have been a few other attempts, especially in Europe, which is admittedly ahead of sustainability, uh, Mm -hmm. to create uh, impact investing for the average person. But once we've come together, started uh, looking at the market, what options are out there for the the users, we noticed that in the US, it's basically none. And that's what we are looking to bridge here, is providing that outlet to connect that intersection between sustainability and investing without you having to have thousands or tens of or hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest. You can get it started with as little as $5 and start uh, your journey in, in impact investing. Can you back up a little and explain why you need to have an intersection? Like what is wrong with traditional investing or what people typically do? Yes, uh, the, the main reason uh, sustainable or impact investing, there's actually a um, definition is very what, what constitutes to what, but basically this intersection exists because 
today we have the opportunity to align our investments with our values versus in traditional investing, where you only look at risk and return, you crunch some numbers, look at different models, what you expect from the future to happen with certain companies. That is the traditional lens of investing, really looking at risk and return metrics, whereas sustainable or impact investing takes, takes it a step beyond by also looking at different criteria, whether that's on the environmental space, social space, or even how companies are governed. This is called ESG investing. And impact investing takes it even a step further by saying, okay, we are analyzing these other factors besides risk and return, whether that's environmental or social, but how we are actually going to measure this with your investing and report on it. And that's what's really important about what we do is actually helping you measure and report that impact that, you, that you're making versus your traditional investing where hopefully you see your money grow over time, but you may not know necessarily what companies are you invested in, how those affect uh, the planet and, uh, and people around us. Yes, because I think one of the things that people may not realize or um, maybe realize, but they don't know what to do about it is that when you're, sometimes you can be investing in, you know, fossil fuels or in gun manufacturers and things that may, maybe don't in any way align with your values and they're using your money to support those, those things. Um, and so this is a way to ensure for, for sort of like everyday, you know, average Joe type people to make sure that their money is, is being invested in things that actually have a positive impact. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. And what's actually scary and what uh, people in, in the industry who really walk the talk uh, fear about is, is greenwashing. You talk about it a lot in your podcast, in your, in your yeah. um, articles as well. Unfortunately, sustainable investing became a marketing ploy for many managers mm. out there uh, that allows, um, allows them to, to market their funds, their investments as something that's green. But even in some of these green funds, you may be invested in fossil fuels. The average person right. does not have the bandwidth nor necessarily the, the, the understanding or, or the willingness to research what is actually underlying in, in a green investment. But unfortunately, right. just because someone markets themselves that way, that may be enough for many people to, to, to take action. And that's what we're looking to screen out. So if your values, as you mentioned, something around fossil fuels, if you do not want to invest in fossil fuels, we can help you screen for that. There are investments out there that do this perfectly well. Gun manufacturers, the same. I'm not saying that you have to do both. You can do both. You can decide which exclusion you'd like to apply and we can implement that. And by taking it a step further on not only focusing on the things that you can exclude with your investments, but what you can promote, I think that's even more powerful oftentimes yes. because we are looking for a solution. How are we going to, as humans, affect with our financial capital, large corporations that are responsible for the majority of greenhouse gas emissions, how are you going to force them to move towards a lower carbon future? And the best way, in my opinion, to incentivize corporations, especially in the US, is by money. If we are shifting our money, we're able to make our voice heard 
And that is also the community aspect that you advocate for. And that's why I think there's, there's a lot of synergy between what we do is not necessarily calling on for everyone to exclude fossil fuels or exclude gun manufacturers, but if enough people who believe in values they care about and support a certain cause, collectively, we can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So can I ask, is it mutually exclusive? Do you have to choose between values-based investing and investing for returns? Yes, great question. So one of the great myths out there is, oh, if you're investing in something good, you surely have to give up something, no? The answer to that is an absolutely resounding no, mainly because what we are doing is not charity. What we're doing is investing in companies that we believe are very well positioned for the future. Mm -hmm. Let's take again the, the environmental aspect, for example. Companies who are having plans for decarbonization and are moving towards a more carbon neutral future will be better positioned to make profits in their future as well. Companies who will lag behind in this and continue to produce energy right to the old economy and that will not follow uh, the preferences of consumers who really don't want to utilize their services anymore, they, they will fall out and they will lag behind. And that's, that's really the, the premise of, of what we're doing uh, at FLED with our investment themes is making sure that they are impactful, but also investable. Uh, that's one of the other sort of synergies between Planetary and Life and Flit Invest, um, that I, just sort of turning the notion upside down on its head that doing the right thing means that you're sacrifice something, sacrificing something or giving something up. Mm -hmm. And what we've definitely found in, in our you know, journey towards a more planetarian life is that it's actually a better way of living. And you're not giving things up, you're taking things up. And I think that's, I just think that's, that, that way of thinking is so problematic that doing what's right for the environment or doing what's right by people in some way takes away from your life when in fact, I think it's the exact opposite. It feels so good to do the right thing, whether it's, you know, eating a plant-based meal or, you know, not taking the plastic water bottle because you brought your own or gosh, like on such a big, you know, on a, such a big scale in, in vet, impact investing and investing in, in companies, corporations, businesses that are really trying to bring about the change that you yourself wish to see in the world. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be absolutes. And that's why I also really like about how, how you um, position yourself. You can start out as someone who reduces their meat consumption a couple of times a week. And to be honest, it helped me a lot. During, uh, during this winter, I actually stayed together with my co-founder, Richard, and he's a vegetarian, I'm not. But because of him, I, I ended up committing um, eating with him a vegetarian. And what, what helped me a lot is even after leaving that one month of eating fully vegetarian is having some access to recipes, things that we've cooked together, some of them from your website as well, and realizing that I'm probably not there yet to become fully <laughs> vegetarian, but I'm making huge strides towards it. And nowadays, it's uh, especially thanks to my wife as well, we've, uh, we've reduced our meat consumption and dairy consumption basically uh, to a minimum. And, and I think that's, that's an easy way for people to 
to transition in their lifestyle. And this is true to investing as well. You start by little, you start by investing $5, $10, $20. And over time, all of your habits that become a habit, they, they pay dividends. And that's how you are able to grow your wealth just by starting early, making sure that you are building these good habits. And if you have some of these support elements around you, whether that's recipes for a meal, whether that's an app application helping you screen for the right investments that your values align with. I think it's, a, I really, I really foresee a future where consumers who already care about this, the next generation will even care about more and more and more and more. And I, I'm really, really hopeful that, that um, these type of movements uh, with a sense of community can, can result in, in change. And, you know, um, sort of going back to what you were saying about planetarian life and just sort of slowly uh, kind of transitioning towards a more plant-rich way of eating is what we call it. Uh, It's the same is true of investing. You know, you could could invest some of your money uh, with impact investing or or through Flit Invest, uh, not all of it, and see how it goes and see what your returns are and see what you're investing in. And, and, and I think it's probably, um, one of those things where you start and then it feels really good and you're really enjoying it. And it's, it's, it's making you feel just that sense of satisfaction and living with purpose. Like it's almost, you don't, you don't get that feeling from many things, but I feel like the more that you do it, the better it feels. And it's sort of a, self-fulfilling prophecy as you go on. Um, So people could start small, you know, keep perhaps some of their more traditional investments and start, you know, with whatever you say, $5 or $20 or $500 or $1,000 and see what those returns are and then increase over time. Absolutely. And it's not only about people who already invest. That's great if, if someone has already taken that step in their financial journey. The reality is that most Americans still are too afraid to get started. While investing platforms such as Robinhood that helped really bring investing to a mainstream has helped, there's still so many people sitting on the sidelines in cash, afraid because of the financial jargon that the industry uses, afraid Mm -hmm. that they don't have the wherewithal to get started. And that's also something that we're looking to bridge Hence our name, Flit Invest, that derives from financial literacy. We want oh, to make I was going to sure. ask about. Yes. I was going to ask about the name. Yes. Financial literacy, Flit. That's cool. Yes, because initially our 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 idea was to make sure that it's not only that people do well and do good uh, with their money, but also having the ability to get started. That's such an important mission for me, coming from from Hungary, where. Uh, these opportunities are just not there. So being here in the U.S., having access to the financial system and, and realizing that it's one of, the, one of the best ways to reduce income inequalities in, in our society is yes. to help people from the bottom quartiles of society through investing, grow wealth, uh, yeah. making sure that we provide that access uh, was, was really important for us. And, and uh, I, I, I believe that it's, 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 it can be really impactful no matter how start someone started. Yeah, no matter how small uh, people start with investing. I would say I'm definitely in the camp of being afraid and intimidated and not having enough financial literacy. Yes. 
something I actually really want to improve. But so what does like, if you know nothing about investing, say you're Laura and you know nothing about investing, what, how does Flit help? Like, what do I do? Where do I start? Yes. So we are actually just rolled out our beta application. So we are developing a mobile application for users and uh, you can sign up to our, uh, our waitlist currently on our website, but we hope to roll this out to the broader public in the coming months. It's fairly easy. You download our mobile application and depending on your investing experience level, it will take you to a different experience. So if you're Laura and you are just starting out, you will see some tutorials, much many more pop-ups, some uh, hand-holding and guiding hmm. in the comfort of your mobile application rather than having to go to talk to a, a financial advisor that many young people, including myself, we are averse to, to, to a lot of different types of human interaction, having the ability to do it from the comfort of your phone, mm -hmm. uh, having resources there that, that can point you to, to learning more about information, but learning more about investing, but really just taking those first few steps um, by just doing the sign up flow, hopefully will will help you get more comfortable without utilizing too much jargon. So if you ever get there and, and, and sign up to our application, I would love to hear some of that feedback, uh, <laughs> because if it confuses, if it confuses you, it will confuse others as well. And we have to make sure that we break it down uh, for our, for our users. So then I'm sure it's pretty easy to see what your returns are. I mean, I understand if my $5 grows to 10 or disappears, how do I know? <laughs> how do I know that I'm making an impact? Like, how do I know what my dollars are actually doing? Yes, and this is where uh, part of our team does such a such a wonderful job under Richard's leadership. Uh, we basically screen over four hundred companies at this point uh, for multiple uh, factors, but rather than just only screening we actually analyze them from an impact perspective. For each investment theme, there are recommended metrics by organizations such as the Global Impact Investing Network and applying uh, calculations uh, that are science-based. And those ones we integrate into our application and translate it to the average user. So after you select the investment themes that you'd like to invest in, the exclusions that you'd like to exclude in your portfolio, Within the application, you will also see how that translates into actual impact and how your portfolio companies are contributing to a more sustainable future, whether that's on a social side, environmental side, uh, depending on what you what your values are. Wow. So, so it's not that your pick, or just help me clarify, because yes. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, so you're picking and choosing companies that you've vetted and who have gone through this process. And those are the companies that people who are investing through Flit um, would, would be investing in. Or is it it's anything, any possible stock, and you're just removing the ones, like filtering out the ones that are, that are investing in the things that we're trying to avoid? Good question. So how we're building our portfolios is actually very much similar to many of the traditional investing platforms out there. We invest through ETFs, exchange traded funds mm -hmm. and mutual funds, which 
think of them as baskets of companies. They own baskets of companies and generally have a portfolio manager that manages towards a certain theme or, or geography. So for mm-hmm. example, in our climate solutions uh, theme, there's a mutual fund and its manager who picks the underlying stocks, which we have vet both the managers and the stocks that they're picking. And we have the utmost respect for this manager and we have the utmost um, belief that they will be able to continue to manage money in a way that it, it, it helps you grow your wealth. Of course, that's, that's definitely a primary factor. But secondarily, that they invest in companies across industries that promote climate solutions. Hmm. So we are investing through fund managers who have a demonstrated track record of walking the talk and not only picking the hottest green funds that you may be able to unfortunately stumble upon on the internet and end up investing in ExxonMobil or JP Morgan, largest fossil fuel financer. How is that even a thing? How is that even a thing? So basically you guys do all the research and work and weed out through the greenwashing and I just tick, I like this cause, I don't like this cause and you tell me what to invest in. Exactly. And we help manage it for you. We manage it for you. It can be set it and forget it. But of course, if you want to revisit your values, your goals, you can set that up. But we do the continuous monitoring of these funds, these companies, make sure that you're invested exactly as, as you indicated to us how you'd like to, depending on your values. And that's what's so important about this is we are not doing the stock picking, you're not doing the stock picking, that would be infinite hours, incredibly mm-hmm. challenging. What we're doing is we're trusting managers who have done this for a long time and making sure that you have access to these rather than the ones that, as you mentioned, uh, could be greenwashing, which is a big problem. And, uh, and the main reason why it happens is because ESG, environmental social governance investing, is not perfect. Currently, the industry is uh, really focusing on the ESG investing, but ESG investing analyzes companies across three verticals, environmental, social, and governance. So that's why an ExxonMobil, who may be really good on the social side because they promote women in leadership, they have Mm -hmm. good policies around some of these uh, issues, can be included in a green portfolio, right. even mm-hmm. though from an environmental perspective, obviously they're, they're, they're not the greatest out there. So we are trying to get away from purely looking at companies on these three verticals and really isolating each and every one of these factors that you as a user care about and help informing your portfolio accordingly, rather than getting it a portfolio of investments that has a good balance across both environmental, social, and governance perspective. Because the, these companies, because of their own greenwashing, can kind of get under the radar and sneak into these ETFs or to these baskets of... Well, you don't even have to, you don't even have to greenwash. You just have to meet one of three criteria. You can suck in the other ones. Yes. As long as it's you're like meeting. The, um, yes. It's like the climate-friendly box on Amazon to tick the climate-friendly box. It's like these products are still terrible for the environment, but 
we meet the uh, low packaging criteria. So. What a great way to put it. Yes, very yes. much so. Very much so. It's 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 uh, imperfect, and that's what uh, the industry is coming to realize. That, and unfortunately, has have realized over the past decade, but did not make it accessible for mm. the average person. So, if you look at the Harvard Foundation or Norway's Sovereign Wealth Fund that manage billions and billions of assets, they have access to this type of level of scrutiny and they have that power to, and, and wherewithal to, to, to get access to investment solutions that make an impact. However, for the average person, you have been left out to invest in the best marketed funds out there that run a very quick screen across these three criteria. And even though they may say they're sustainable, and in some aspect, of course, they are, they may completely not align with your values. So that's why this values-based investing specifically for impact is such a novel thing that really has originated from Europe. And we are we are hoping that um, as we transition to, uh, to the next decade and beyond with consumers becoming much more passionate about these issues, there will be a bigger push here in the United States as well towards corporations, not only from individuals, but a policy level as well. So, so we can see some, some real change, which unfortunately we are lacking. That's, that's one of the things that we see and hear, I wouldn't say a lot, but frequently, which is just people feeling like their actions don't matter mm-hmm. or like, does it really matter if I personally reduce my meat and dairy consumption? Does it really matter if I don't use this plastic fork or, you know, use this low waste, you know, cleaning products or invest in the right things? Mm-hmm. I, I think this is, so, this is a challenge. Anyone who's working in this space faces this idea that it just, it can't, it can't matter. And the fact is, is that it does. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, we say this a lot, you know, this is truly the only way that change really ever happens is when one by one people stand up and start walking in a different direction. And especially with money, you know, culture follows the money. And if the money is going towards, you know, unbridled capitalism and rampant climate change and, you know, okay, that's, you know, that's where, that's where, it will go. But if we start going in the other direction and saying, you know, we want these plant rich options and we don't want, yes. you know, more packaging and we want to be investing like it, You're it voting matters. with your dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I think corporate America has done a wonderful job of shifting yeah. the blame originally mm-hmm. to the consumers and yeah. making you feel like you have to make the change with your lifestyle, etc. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very important because just by this, even just the, your spending uh, habits, that if, if everyone would switch their spending habits and we would stop buying Tyson food products, the largest meat manufacturer, of course, we've seen a, a huge, huge impact there. However, if we can go directly to Tyson Foods, to ExxonMobil, and tell them with our voting power, because as shareholders of corporations, you have the voting power. Mm-hmm. as we can collectively go to them and say, we don't want you to keep pumping oil out from the Permian Basin, but rather start working on um, on, on renewable energy solutions that, or making sure that you are going in a way to decarbonize 
your emissions, that can be very, very powerful. And we don't. what's great about it, we as individuals don't have to go to these meetings and cast our vote. You can do it through managers who have teams of people whose literal job is to advocate for their investors, go to these shareholder meetings and say, ExxonMobil, I don't like how you're doing your things. I'm going to propose that we change your leadership and put mm. new directors on your board. And this was a great success story that engine number one, one of a really, really um, good sustainable investing manager has, has done last year with a very little amount of money invested in their fund, they, were, they still had the power and were able to replace three people on ExxonMobil's board who were favoring much more, much quicker transition towards a lower carbon economy. So arguably, wow. that can also be a really good way of, of changing and, and affecting uh, climate change as a whole rather than excluding. And, and we also provide that option. So it's really hard. I, myself, I'm even, I'm even torn. What type of strategy should we employ? So the strategy would be instead of saying, like cancel culturing fossil fuels and saying, I won't give you my dollars, saying, I'm going to give you my dollars and then I'm going to attack you from the inside. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, like I listened it. to a whole I listened to a whole podcast on engine number one and it was absolutely fascinating. Man, they really they really angered the beast. Yes, yes. <laughs> I and like that this sounds like very strategic and yes, yeah. financial activism financial like activism it. to its fullest <laughs> but you got to come at it from both ways right you got to come at it from both ways yes and there's I, I think it's really hard to say there's right or wrong answers to some of these things and that's why it's up to us as consumers to decide what we want to do and how our how we want to align things with our values whether that's on on eating more plant-rich uh, foods whether that's investing in a way that promote climate solutions or gender equality or whatever else and make sure that that we do it in a way where at the end of the day we can go to sleep at night saying that at least we tried and I know that some of these actions that we're doing are going to result in an impact and we can just only hope that the community around us continues to grow and and make sure that that we can all all, all perform these, uh, these actions together. One of the most important things we say, um, a lot of people, we're not the only people saying this, but we, we say it often is like the most important thing you can do is tell people what you're doing. Tell people the changes that you're making. Tell people um, that you're, you know, getting involved with impact investing and aligning your, your investments with your values um, or anything because that's, that's how that's how movements begin is by kind of reaching out into your community. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, you don't necessarily talk to everyone about your investments, but perhaps your family and your closest friends. Um, it's important to spread the word. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I think the, another great tragedy of, of, uh, of the lack of financial literacy is, is, is the taboo that, um, is around money. So say I listen to this podcast and I'm super gung ho and I want to, you know, figure out where my money's going or how to do better. And I sign up for the flit wait list. What can I do like now before I have the app? Is there any way to 
do better. First of all, when is now? the app coming out? When is the app we're, officially launching? We're, we're looking to launch in October. So soon. Yeah, soon, very soon, very soon. Uh, until then, we have early access. So if you do sign up, there's a chance that you'll get an email from us within the next couple of weeks to already join uh, the movement. Until then, my, my best advice to everyone is first to review where they bank, because believe it or not, your banking solution is also a huge contributor to climate change. The largest mm -hmm. fossil fuel financers in the world that propel projects that are destroying our earth are the likes of JP Morgan and Bank of America and the Wells Fargo's of the world. So you are oftentimes better off um, looking and, and researching what, what better options you have. Local community banks do a good job usually, but there's also other providers nowadays that I think are, are doing a, a good way, a good work in this, in this sense. And the other one, if you have access to a retirement account, whether that's employer sponsored or personal, uh, adjusting, reviewing that retirement account and see what mm -hmm. is actually in it because some of those long-term investments may very well be invested in the ExxonMobil's of the world. And if you are able to review them um, on your personal side, in employer-sponsored, if you're able to raise your hand, tell your administrators, why are we utilizing this fund for everyone in the company to 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 power fossil fuel investments if, if that's not the intention that's that's also can be a huge huge shift in change and uh so so it's a it's a lot of reviewing but it doesn't have to be hard because by just by switching your bank or or making sure that your retirement accounts are are following uh, a little bit more your values than than they currently do can be a great uh, place to start as well so what you're saying yeah. is a lot of us who think we aren't investing are investing just by nature of our banks and retirement accounts. I mean, almost everybody Absolutely. has Absolutely. a retirement account. I think everybody has a bank in, or a coffee can, but like most people, I think, <laughs> have a bank. So so we are all investing in that way and We're can all, make adjustments. Yes. We're all investing. We just don't really realize it. Yes. If you are investing in a, in, in a retirement account, whether that's 401k, 403b plan or, or the like, you, you are more like more likely than not um, investing in ExxonMobil. That's unfortunately the reality. Great. Wow. Great. I feel really have some work to do. About that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what I, what I love, uh, you know, besides just this folk, the, your mission, just being about impact investing and aligning your, your investments with your, with your values. I love that. It seems like one of your other major, kind of cornerstones of Flit Invest is that you're you're trying to make investing and financial literacy more accessible to people who feel like investing isn't for them or it wasn't for their families didn't so they don't and I have a lot of friends who are just like gosh like I feel like I really need to be getting ahead with with my finances but I'm just don't know where to start and I just feel really overwhelmed and I don't understand any of the, like, just like you said, I don't understand any of the jargon. And, um, so what would, what would your advice be to somebody who's, who just feels completely, um, just sort of overwhelmed or like they're totally an outsider to this, to this world? Start by little and build habits. So starting out little with money that you, 
you, you can reasonably save without uh, fearing that even if you would lost all of it, which you won't if, if you did the right way, um, you can get comfortable by starting out. And once that becomes a habit, it really it, it really becomes becomes second nature, starting saving, putting away something in investments. And yes, there are short-term fluctuations that, so that I would highlight that to everybody. It's no one has a crystal ball. If someone would have it, we'd all be millionaires or billionaires. Hmm. But short-term fluctuations happen. However, some of the stats that I always like to tell people who are afraid to get started is on a five-year time horizon, on, a, on any given year, there's a little bit over 50% chance that your money will go up and down. On a five-year time horizon, those, uh, those chances skew closer to 70%. On a 10-year time horizon, it's virtually 100%. So if we invest with a long-term mindset and have the ability to save over time, you will wake up one day feeling really great about yourself because your money has been working for you without you have realized and, and you will get there. If you have a short-term mindset, it's really hard because it's just like gambling. You may want to try this, try that, yes. buy this, buy that. It's really, really hard. Even the best people in the business who spend, you know, 14-hour days trying to figure this out, the majority of them don't. There are only a very few of these mavens who are able to do that. So as an average person, I think it's 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 really, really hard. And I, personally, I was always a, a big fan and advocating for long-term investing because that's a proven way, both from a mathematical perspective, but also just yeah. from building habits and, mm. and really getting closer to that financial future. So just start slow, start small. And uh, Is there like a... Um... Is there a um, a website or a book or an article or something that might that you've read that you may feel like would help people um, feel get more of that financial literacy? Yes, one of the um, I, I would have to highlight a Morning Brews. Morning Brews is, um, is a newsletter uh, that I think breaks down. Um, everyday financial news in a, in a digestible way. They have a good 101, investing 101 content. Huh. Uh, so that, that's a morning brew. And the other one is actually, um, uh, would be Share Scoops. Share Scoops has also great information, not only about how to get started with investing, but also around uh, shareholder activism and how your money hmm. can make a, make a difference so I, I would, I think those two are really good informal ways rather than, you know, yeah. reading a book or reading a textbook sure. to, uh, to, to, to get yeah, up to speed. Ain't nobody reading a textbook on financial <laughs> literacy. Yes, I think <laughs> no one would we'll, we'll, li- no. we'll, we'll link to those um, in, the, in the summary. We'll, we'll link, link to, to those. those. And how do, we, how do we get in touch with you? Website, Instagram, what's the best way for people to find you and the Flit app? Definitely follow Flit on Instagram. They've got great content, funny content even. <laughs> yes, I, I think our Instagram is, is a great way to get in touch, but also um, our website, our LinkedIn, um, which I was surprised uh, how many people uh, seem to be interacting with us on LinkedIn, which you wouldn't, huh. at least I, I didn't think of it. 
as a mm-hmm. as, as a place for it first place but it seems like people in the community of, of sustainable investing they really live and breathe on linkedin which i guess makes sense yes that does um, make sense and and that, that's a great way of course as well but uh but in, instagram and our website is, is the best way flitinvest.com flitinvest.com at flitinvest.com instagram handle and you can sign up to get on the wait list if you're lucky maybe in the next few weeks you'll get an email if not we can wait until october when the app goes live alejandro thank you so much for for joining us today this has been really educational and interesting and i I feel like I have some homework to do. <laughs> this is something I never considered until we started talking about doing this podcast. So I really, yeah, appreciate your knowledge and the fact that you make it seem like anybody with $5 can, can make can it happen. get started. Make you it can happen. get started. Yes. Thank you so You've much for having me. You've got five bucks and some hopes and dreams for the future <laughs> for a better planet. <laughs> yes. For the earth and five for the bucks. people. When once you see that five bucks, you know, increasing a little bit, you can add more. And that's how you yes. grow your money. <laughs> yes. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you'd rate the podcast and leave a review. Also, take a minute to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Planetarian Life. Head to planetarianlife.com for more recipes, inspiration, and to become a planetarian. See you in two weeks. Bye.